How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. My name is Reagan Harrell, as always, with Mr. Josh Blackmore. Excuse me. Ooh, got a little, uh, little heartburn. Getting old. Getting old, Josh. Getting old. Feeling old. Aging. Aging. I tell you what, what wasn't aging last night is it was dead. It died. It was that bomb you hit? And scrimmage, <laughs> man, I got to come watch a little inner squad uh, after practice. And the boy JB, like he got a little, got a little pop to him, man. Yeah. Hey, bro, I think that was right when you walked up too, man. I've been there for, for I've been there for like half an inning, but yeah, I was like, well, because every time you ever see me live and in person, like seventy to eighty percent of the time, I absolutely stink it up at the plate. <laughs> absolutely stink it up i was like i, I gotta show reagan i'm worth something man yeah you did you did good uh Bruce saw it too the dog our, our dog rue got got to see <laughs> it as well shout out rue but uh you know let's go ahead go ahead and get into it not uh we don't want, want to get uh too far in you know this was a one episode week uh midterms dude just a little shout out for myself i've been kicking these midterms in the rear end grades are looking good this time of, of the year, dude. I'm I'm ready to be done. Away. Ready to be done. Only one gave me a little, little, little uh, one was a little ah, but hey, ah, but hey, passed them all. Did good. A's and B's mostly. One C, but we'll take it for for, for the midterm uh grade. But hey, uh, did, did pretty solid with that. But uh, there's obviously a big thing that we have to talk about that happened midweek in women's soccer. Just going to run through real, uh, real quick. I uh, do, have, do have to say uh, not a whole lot happened that was out of the ordinary during the weekend. So we don't, don't no need to go, go into that a whole lot with soccer. We'll say this. Went 7-0-1 last week, or excuse me, two weeks ago. 8-0 on the picks with soccer's last week. Josh went 3-1. Look. <sighs> I know gambling in the NAI isn't a marriage or anything, but there's always rumblings about, about things possibly happening. If that does happen, whew, of course, once I'm a former student athlete here in about uh, three weeks or so, but uh, uh, of course, of course. But, yeah, um, you know, solid, solid weekend with the predictions. Uh, we know ball. Uh, Manny did, did pretty good with, with his picks as well. Uh, I'll tell you about the episode. We're going to do our, our recap of the week, uh, look, look ahead of the weekend, and then get into it with uh, Manny with volleyball. Um, there's obviously only one place where we start uh, when, we, when we're when we going o- over the midweek action. Josh, I know you're going to get to talk a little bit more about uh, football, but the big story, obviously, is the bees go down. They finally go down, and I am I, I'm ready to say this. And Josh, go ahead and rack your brains. I think it's a pretty straightforward answer for you when I ask you how many teams in football could win the red banner. Josh, I think there's four teams in the Sun Conference I could say, I could confidently say could win the red banner in women's soccer this year. We came into the year saying three, and it's, you know, obviously Southeastern, Kaiser, and SCAD. Now, we have to mention St. Thomas at this point because now they have not only beaten Kaiser and they have now beaten SCAD as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about Kaiser here in a minute because what I've been saying all year, what I've been saying pretty much since they looked not that great up in, up in not even that great Gulf Shores, but more in the beginning of the Sun Conference tournament. You can't knock them for losing a tight game against William Carey, who is the undoubtable favorite to win the women's uh, red banner in soccer. But St. Thomas, 2-1 again, 
against SCAD. A great result uh, from them. Uh, everything happened in the first half. They, um, you know, what uh, you have to do to beat SCAD, I feel like, is you got to go out and you got to get to them early because they once they settle into the second half, good luck. We saw it against Kaiser uh, last week when those two teams squared off. It was Kaiser that dominated for 75 minutes, and then Scatter was able to uh, come back and tie, tie it up against the Seahawks. Uh, Simo, uh, Gabriel Simo, uh, Tamino, my apologies, for St. Thomas <clears throat> uh, scored within 70 seconds of, of the match, Signature, who continues to look like she's going to win player of the year. She scored to tie it up. But St. Thomas uh, got it with Natalie uh, Woodward uh, coming off. She's now has three goals in her last two games for the Bobcats. You look at the shots, they were pretty, pretty even, 15 to 18. Uh, it was in favor uh, of SCAD. But um, once again, a player who we, we have talked about uh, a good bit, on here and you know kind of a thing that, that we've talked about is the goalkeeping uh, especially for the women's side but um Isabella uh, Penarenda once again a nine save performance against Scatter which you have to have you, you know I don't I don't I'm not going to say I don't care but it doesn't really matter how good your back line is Scad's good enough they're one of the more dynamic attacking teams in the country they're going to get shots so you got to have your goalkeeper have a big day and St. Thomas had the formula and you look at Scad and you have to question just a little bit. Is this starting to look a little bit like last year? Dominant throughout the majority of the regular season, then stumble a little bit late, um, and then disappointing results uh, getting knocked out uh, kind of early in the conference tournament and then uh, one and done in the opening round. The difference is they have a team that has ex more experience, and they also have Sydney Chura still. Um, assuming there's no injuries there. Uh, is this a big worry point for the Bees? Only one point in their last two games? No. Why? Games are against top 20 opponents in St. Thomas and Kaiser, who I think are now very underranked, especially uh, St. Thomas. I don't really understand why they dropped a spot in the last polls. Is what it is. Um, but I got, I got news for you. They're going to get that spot back in, in a good bit more after uh, that win. Um, and moving on into the, you know, the next impressive, just as impressive win, really, Kaiser, uh, two one wins over number 12 Southeastern. Um, Olivia Pusset has stepped up in a big way for them. She scores uh, two goals. And, you know, you, you start really looking at and deep diving into the stats. I went back and I, I watched uh, – I went back and watched most of this game. Obviously, I uh, was able to watch the SCAD game between Kaiser. And it's, it's not just that. I mean, you look at other games that, that they've played in and that I uh, get to see, you know, with 20, 30, 45-minute snippets of. I, I don't know if this Kaiser team is – if there is much of a difference from that last year's team. I just don't think they're quite getting the breaks. I think this is a team that that looks incredible. There's not 16 teams in the country better than – then then there may be five or six, which you obviously couldn't say last year. That was the best team in the country, undoubtedly. Just uh, fell short in the semi semifinals of the national tournament. But I think this is a Kaiser team that is getting hot at the right time. And that's Josh. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. How, how many times have I said that here the last couple of months? If this team is this team will. It's not if. It's this team will get hot, and it, now they're doing it at the right time. No, you numerous times, numerous times. Yeah, and I, I think – Yeah, and now when I'm looking at it, it's like, okay, if I were to say who's going to win the Sun Conference Tournament, I have no idea. I mean, is it Southeastern who's looked phenomenal this year? Is it St. Saint, is it Saint Thomas who 
I mean, for lack of better terms, kind of dominated Kaiser when they matched up uh, earlier. Is it Southeastern who now they've tied with, with Kaiser? Or is it, hey, stop overthinking who's been the best team maybe in the country that's not in Mississippi? You know, it, 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 when obviously I'm talking about SCAD there. We're going. We're looking in shape. Uh, it's going to be an incredible, incredible conference tournament. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who the five, six seeds are going to be. Obviously, a lot up in there. But you look at a team like Ave Maria, uh, who just who tied with uh, Warner one one. We already know about how good that back line and a, Emma, a great goalkeeper, is for Ave Maria. You got to look at them. They're probably going to get in, and then maybe Weber. Um, the Weber, a solid team as well. That's probably who's going to be there at the sixth spot if Warner or Florida Memorial do, doesn't step up and, and take that sixth overall seat. Obviously, a big matchup for Weber. They're taking on Southeastern this weekend and then Ave Maria a little bit later. But if they get uh, a win and either one, one of those or two positive results, at least, they're most likely going to be in that sixth spot. But, uh, you know, moving on, I'll talk about Weber, good 2 nothing win against Florida Memorial. Game got very chippy. Red cards given out. Uh, a little bit of, of a scrummish over near here to the sideline. I uh, got to watch that game after football practice. Deb with an absolute screamer. Uh, De Deb's been phenomenal for Weber, the heart and soul of that team uh, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's really exciting looking at what's going on in women's soccer right now because you look at two years ago, Sun Conference Baseball, I don't know if I could confidently say there was four teams that could win the red banner. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, looking back, that was obviously the the heyday, the most dominant, um, you know, major sport for uh, in just a season. You had Southeastern and Weber, obviously, in the World Series, and then three other teams being Warner, St. Thomas, and Kaiser. And the only reason St. Thomas wasn't there is because they had to play Weber. But I'm looking at now with Sun Conference Women's Soccer this year, Josh, at the end of this year, we're probably going to have four teams ranked in the top 15, two or three maybe in, in, in the top 10, which is incredibly, incredibly um, impressive. Already four in the top 20, and I just don't see that going down any type of way. But it's going to be incredible for, for the women's side. As for the men's side, St. Thomas, they jumped Dalton State in the polls. Dominant wins again. Uh, Guido and Angelo uh, Bernardes, two goals against SCAD last night and a 4-1 win uh, for them. They did they did get tested for, uh, you know, 75 minutes against Weber. Credit to the Weber men's team. Uh, was able to hold, hold strong on the back line. They are outshot like 20-1. to But um, St. Thomas, resilient. Um, a Togash here goal around the 75 minute mark was the difference. St. Thomas Xavier's rolling. And you know, you look at the men's side, how many teams can win the red banner? I say one and a half. I say St. Thomas for sure, obviously. And you know, kind of like the women's side, I tell you, these two teams have been near mirror images. The men's and women's side for Kaiser, they've been pretty mirror image um uh of one another, but two one win for Kaiser on the road at night against Southeastern. Not an easy place to go go play by any stretch of the imagination. We've seen plenty of good teams go there and lose uh, both on the men's and women's side, but Kaiser, a uh, good 2-1 result uh, for them. Uh, kind of for, uh, you know, that you're looking at the bottom uh, playoffs, big results for Ave Maria and for Florida Memorial. Blake Joseph, a goal and assist and a 3-0 win uh, for the Gyrenes over Warner. And then um, a huge midweek 
win for Florida Memorial. Uh, Giovanni Lake scores twice and a 5-2 win for Florida Memorial over Weber. Um, Josh, I'm getting close to saying it. I'm willing – I'm pretty daggum confident at this point we're going to have multiple Sun Conference teams in the women's final site in Orange Beach. And I'm hype. Obviously, we're not – we don't know if we're going to be at the men's or the women's. Definitely going to be at one. Definitely going to be at one or the other um, for for coverage. It's just, uh, you know, kind of like we said last year, it's going to depend who's there, who we're more confident in, you know, having a chance um, of being there. Actually, let me – I know the Sun Conference – I'm sorry, not the Sun Conference, but the NAI women's is still in Alabama. But I'm double-check on men's. But while I'm doing that, Josh, go ahead and uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened in Sun Conference football this weekend. All right. Um, well, we'll start off with, uh, I guess, the the bad news for, for my week was uh, my Dark Horse Lions went down. They went down, but the offense didn't go cold, though. Offense did not go cold. Um, they just made – I would say there was some bad uh, bad coaching. Some bad coaching. Um, there was three times during the game where they had the football inside the 30, and they opted to go for fourth down. Five, five, or, five or more yards was the length of the, the fourth downs, and they went for it three times and missed it all three times instead of taking three points. You think, that's a, you think that might just be a co- – Non-confidence in your kicking game. They are. They already. They already kicked a forty-three-yard field goal. Oh. They yeah, already kicked one of those. So and they made their PAT, and then they went for two on the other one playing catch-up. So the kicker didn't do nothing wrong. He yeah. did what he was supposed to. No fair, fair. So, and they had a fumble that led to, they had a fumble that led to points for St. Thomas. And so yeah, I think a little bit of poor management. Poor coaching. You, you think know, it's kind of a situation where you take a St. Thomas who's been in these big games all year, the past absolutely. two years. And, then and I was looking at it, and down. Alejandro Prado had a phenomenal game kicking. Yeah. There was a lot of flipped field position, and there was a glaring difference between punters. I mean, Flomo's guy wasn't really flipping the field. Prado was flipping the field. Played a big part. St. Thomas made me eat my words. Back of my mind, I had a feeling, you know, St. Thomas – Probably should win, but you know I was I was just high on the Lions because they just throw up points, which they did, and they still scored seventeen, and they did almost have five hundred yards of offense still. Um, but you know, Flomo still, St. Thomas season uh, postseason hope still alive. Flomo can still shake some things up. They only have one loss as well, so you never know going forward. Um, next game though, Kaiser. I mean, poor Warner, man. They are just getting beat up week after week. Starting 3-0, and and I don't think they've been in less than a three-score game in the last three weeks. Um, Kaiser, 69-6. to Had a 43 nothing lead in the third quarter. Um, I don't even think Jaden played much in the second half. Jaden Mezzanier, he had five carries. Um, Bryce threw two touchdowns. They had six guys run the ball. Um they kind of let everybody do a little everything. Backup quarterback threw for just as many yards as Bryce. Um, so they kind of got – everybody got their feet wet against Warner um, in Lake Wales. So Kaiser with a statement win over the Royals. Um, 
And Southeastern just continuously plays close games. You know, they just let people hang around. But they, they're winning, though. They're winning. So you can't necessarily dog them for it, but that, that's gonna, that might come and bite, you know, bite them in the, in the rear end, you know, come time and they play, you know, a St. Thomas or a Kaiser. Yeah, there's going to be some big matchups here in the next couple of weeks with, yeah. with those, obviously. Yeah, Thomas just fighting, man. They just fight week in and week out. They just fight. They I have a chance to get first fight. program history this week. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I think they're going to win. All right, but that's that's for a little bit later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so 34-20, Southeastern takes care of Thomas at home. Um, thought that Southeastern was going to be able to get that offense going. Um, not Not necessarily the case there. Um, Thomas putting up 20 points on an impressive Southeastern defense. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, but yeah, looking forward to next week. Thomas is, um, looks like their first conference home game, if I'm not mistaken. No, they had Aubrey. They had Aubrey. Yeah. They had Aubrey home. Yeah. Uh, and to, to finish things up, um, Ave Maria 30, Weber 7. Um, Weber is just, they are just struggling. They're struggling. It's uh it's unfortunate to see because you know at the beginning of the year there was there was some hope and then the southeastern game there was a little hope and then Ave Maria Brian Stemke just um said hold my beer and you know he just I think he had over thirty attempts and at that point let me fact check this. Yeah, 39 carries for 250 yards and a touchdown. Um, six and 6.3 yards a carry. With those carries and those yards, his longest run was 39. So it's not like he had two big runs or anything. Um, so he was just constantly, you know, ground and pound. Um, leg through for 192. Still struggling with his completion percentage. Leger, Leger. Oh, I'm sorry. We discussed this. I'm sorry, Leger, Leger. Um, struggle with the with the completion percentage, but that doesn't really matter when your running back runs for 250 and has 40 carries and you throw for 200 yards yourself. Um, probably going to have to clean that up moving forward if you don't want to win some more ball games. But um, it, Trent, Trent went down, I'm assuming, or did he get benched? It was um, just a situation at the end of the game, just let's get someone else in there at, at, at this point. Okay, because I, wasn't able, I was only able to see – the live stats. I wasn't able to watch, so I didn't know what happened when the quarterback quarterback change was going on. So, but yeah, Weber just quarterback position is a little tough, and never can't get anything going on offense. Turning the ball over, defense can only hold up for so long. To be fair, they are Weber is losing one of their or missing one of their most important pieces on the offensive line. That's a tough blow. I want to believe you have two. Offensive linemen out that were there at the beginning of the year, right? Um, one real starter, yeah. I mean, obviously, Smitty's the the the, the big difference. I mean, that that that's the big injury. Um, the uh, the other one, uh, be, being Say, who got hurt uh, in the Cumberland's game, who's obviously a dynamic receiver for us. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, look, I don't have to say a lot. I, I don't have to say a lot. It ain't really a lot for me. I, no comment. I mean, it, it is what it is. You know, just go battle and do what we can against Flomo this week, dude. Absolutely. That's all you can do. Yep. Um, you do want me to uh, – want me to move into the preview, or are you going to go into a preview now and then I'll follow finish? Um, 
I can go ahead and, and, and do mine. I mean, it, it'll be real quick. Um, Florida Memorial's taking on on SCAD on, on both sides. Women's game at on Saturday. Men's on, on uh, Sunday. SCAD had a good good win against Ave Maria uh, last week as well. So with them, I think they I think SCAD's right there, kind of in that category with with Weber. It's like when you're going up against a St. Thomas or Kaiser. Uh, it, it's tough, but man, they have been dominate dominating some of the mid to lower teams in the conference on on the men's side. So I think that'll continue. Big bounce back win on the women's side. I think I think SCAD gets a big bounce back win to get right game after uh, going oh one and one in their last two. Um, I think they're going to turn the corner and get get momentum heading into the final couple of weeks of the season. Uh, Ave Maria on the men's and women's side. I think Kaiser continues to roll on both sides. Both sides. Um, I don't really see Ave Maria being able to stop anything on the the men the men's side as dynamic as they're looking, and as good as the women's side is for Kaiser, as good as they're looking right now, I think they're going to continue to roll. Um, Warner St. Thomas, I, I, obviously on the men's side, you're looking at the top of the conference versus the bottom of the conference. Not uh, Bobcats there. Uh, on the women's side, um, I think this could be a little bit of a trap game for St. Thomas uh, as they as they go and play Kaiser, or excuse me, as they go um, and play Warner before they finish up the year with Ave Maria, and then a big matchup with Kaiser that could be a massive one as far as uh, seeding in, in the conference goes to wrap up here in a couple weeks. Um, so be wary if you are. Uh, the Bobcats on the women's side. However, just the way Warner's been looking and how good St. Thomas is, I think uh, St. Thomas will continue to roll there. Um, and then I think kind of similar uh, with uh, on the women's side with Southeastern and Weber International, um, excuse me, for, for the, the men's side. Um, I th- for the men's side, I think, well, honestly, men's and women's side for Southeastern, I think it's a get back. Uh, you got, you got to bounce back. You, you played a, you played two. Both of them played really good Kaiser teams uh, in in the midweek, and now you go into the weekend facing Weber International. Um, three points you need to pick up, especially on the women's side after dropping that. And as good as Kaiser and St. Thomas are looking on the women's side, you, you don't want uh, if you're Southeastern. The last thing you want is to drop points against Weber, which could happen. I mean, they uh, obviously that happened last year. Weber's looking like they're playing the best uh, soccer they've played uh, so far this year. Obviously, played St. Thomas a lot better the second time they played a couple of games ago, and then a big win against Florida Memorial uh, as far as you know making the playoffs. Uh, men's side, uh, it's they're both get get back right, go and battle for a playoff spot and playoff seating. Uh, but I think Southeastern will, will take care of it on, on the men's side in Babson Park as well. All right. JB, it is your time to shine. What game are you looking forward to most watching this week? Oh, for sure. Southeastern at Kaiser. I mean, that's that's gonna be a, a one of the one of the telltales of, of the conference standings um going forward. It's gonna be give give us an idea of a what the Southeastern team's really about and to potentially reassure that Kaiser is the top dog in the Sun Conference. It's going to be, you know, we're going to get a result either way. We're going to get that reassurance that Kaiser didn't go anywhere and they still can do this thing, or we're going to think that Southeastern is back. 
So that's my game of the week. I'm going to start from the top. Warner Thomas, 12 o'clock kickoff in good old Thomasville, Georgia. Give me the Nighthawks. Ooh. Give me the Nighthawks. First win in program give history. Give them to me. Lee Corso style. Give me the give me the the headgear. Give me the Nighthawk. Yeah, I think Thomas went, and I don't think it's close. I think they went by a couple touchdowns. I think I don't think Warner. I thought they were they were decent at the beginning of the year, but I just I I don't I don't I don't uh I don't see it any, anymore. Um, and Thomas has played consistent. They've played consistent all year. Yeah, good team. I mean, shoot, they've played Southeastern. They've played Kaiser, right? Yeah, yep, Kaiser. Kaiser they played Bethel. I mean, Ave Maria. Playing, uh, yeah, they are not. They're not playing bad teams, and they're no. just hanging in there. They're just fighting and hanging in there. So I like Thomas. You know, Warner has played bad teams and won, and played average to good teams and gets handled. But Thomas has kind of done the same. They've been like this all year. They're kind of in that even keel, like nothing, you know, nothing glaring, just a little inexperienced. And I, and I think they'll, they're, they've played enough football thus far to where they'll be able to take care of, take care of Warner and get their first conference win in program history. Um, and the next game, Weber travels to Flomo, and what seems like a, just like a gut, a gut check test for the Warriors. See like what they're, what they're really made of. Um, see what kind of pride they have, what kind of heart they have. Um, good opponent team who can score. It's you know, defense not as good, so maybe it could help Weber's offense get going a little bit. And Weber's strength is on defense, so maybe that you know there's some neutralizing there uh, with the with the Lions. Um, so you know, like I said, Weber's got to kind of show show everybody something. They've been on a little steady decline. You know, it could be big for the program, big for some momentum, big for, you know, players that are coming back or on the fence about it, recruits. You know, there's a lot of things that depend on these last few games that I think, you know, Weber and that coaching staff need to kind of start putting together or, you know, this is going to turn into a disaster. Um, but I think it, I, I think they'll be all right. But I do have Flomo um, winning slightly handedly, <clears throat> excuse me, in Miami Gardens this Saturday. Um, and I'll skip game of the week. We'll do Ave at St. Thomas. Um, I think St. Thomas might have three-plus turnovers on Saturday night against Mr. Leger and company. Um, St. Thomas coming off of, of, of a big win, a moment, some momentum, you know, down there in Miami Gardens. Um, I think St. Thomas wins by a couple touchdowns. Um, so – and then the game of the week, Southeastern at Kaiser. Give me Kaiser, baby. Give me Kaiser. That was I was on the bandwagon last year, and I'm right back on it. Give me Kaiser, baby. So we got Thomas, we got Flomo, we got Kaiser, and we got St. Thomas. My picks of the week. Um, looking forward to it. Um, some some games that are going to impact the standings. Some games that are going to impact programs in particular. And you know, there's a lot on the line this week. We got some. Top dogs. We got some top dogs that are looking to shake some things up. We got, and you know, we got Flo Flomo still like kind of right there on the brink. If so. Florida Memorial does beat us and then Kaiser beats uh, Southeastern, there's going to be a big matchup between the, those. I mean, that's going to be kind of a Sun Conference championship game 
uh, between those two if they ended up if those two results hold. And they'll play. I think two weeks. No, so this week. Southeastern next, so they play Weber, and then they play Southeastern, then they play Thomas, then they play Kaiser at home. Ooh. Now Southeastern. Now Southeastern. Honestly, whatever happens in that game, if Florida Memorial wins, because then that's going to be massive. That could be massive. Southeastern's got Kaiser, Flomo, St. Thomas back to back to back. That's a that's a way that's a way to finish up the year. Yeah. And then they finished with Ave. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go go ahead and save all, save, save the bulkier schedule for the end. They had a good they had a good non conference uh, schedule though. Did the fire, but Josh, any, anything else you want to add on before we kick it over, Mister Manny? No, that's that's all I got. Uh, go Gators, but they're off this week, so I get yeah. to be a little stress free. Yeah, we're off this week too. That <laughs> means next week. It's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I'll be drunk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill out. Chill, 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 chill. Uh, all right. We're going to uh, kick it over to uh, Mr. Manny Burroughs. Talk a little Sun Conference volleyball. All right. Now we have Mr. Manny Burroughs. on talk a little Sun Conference volleyball. Manny, rooms got broke out midweek. That was an understatement to say the least. I mean, four games, all of them going sweeps, two at home, two on the road. I really would love to know if that's ever happened before. When the la- if it did, when that last time was, because that I don't was remember it. Not in the last couple of years, at least. <laughs> yeah, not in the last couple of years that that um, I, I can remember. Not a really a whole lot to to go into is uh, you know kind of like the weekend with soccer. I mean, all is expected. And nothing, not, not a whole lot. I mean, I guess the big storyline, obviously the biggest win, if you're looking for one, is Warner against Coastal Georgia. No, that's 100% the biggest one of the day. Warner sweeping Coastal Georgia. And again, we mentioned in the midweek kind of preview, it's important because now Warner has the advantage when it comes to this to the standings. They are in that final spot for the conference tournament. They went out there, and I give give credit where credit is due. They really understood. They still had the destiny in their hands to some degree, and they went out and executed. I mean, 13 kills, 18 kills, and 10 kills in those three sets, hitting above a .145 average. Again, even though the Mariners, the offense wasn't was, was much better than what it's been throughout the last few weeks, I just think the Royals took advantage of being at home, uh, being a, a moment where – it was going to be a turning point for their season. I would not have been surprised if they lose that game and you're kind of like, well, things are getting a little dicey now. We're not really in control of how we finish. But they went out a complete team effort. I mean, the leading kill leader in kills for the Royals for the Royals was Reva Godbolt. She had 11, but then you had Castellan Valompe with nine, Cristina Mariano with six, along with Luis Lopez Fernandez with six. And it was just a complete team effort. No one really stood out from you whether it was kills, points. It was just a complete team effort. And I think the Royals really some turning point that could maybe help their season for the rest of the uh, rest of the year. Yeah, you know, fairly young team as well. And they're heading into uh major rivalry against Weber, who was it was an incredible game. The last time those two played, it was at at Warner. Um because of the gym situation at Weber will be at Warner again this week man is there really anything else you, you want to talk about midweek i mean nothing nothing really surprising uh i mean it just sweeps all around like we said 
The only thing that I could highlight is in the Bobcats photo moil game, Caroline Souza did play. She did give a couple reps out there. And from what I saw, it really, especially by that third set, something was bothering her for sure. I, I don't think she's at 100%, and that's why we haven't seen her before that game since September, I believe it was 27th that I checked. So it's, that, that's the biggest biggest blow to the Lions, and, and, and it hurts, obviously, not having your, your best player out there. Yeah, before we go into the weekend, I do want to say congratulations on the first episode of Suncast Devo. Um, yeah, it's something that yeah we, we that was brought to my attention a few months ago, or about the possibility of exploring that. Um, I, I just straight up said it's not. I'm not looking to add anything uh, to to my plate other than Suncast and NAISB at least for this year. Uh, you stepped up and filled that role. Um, and great interview. If you want to, uh, you know, plug that real quick with Suncast Devo. No, I appreciate it. Um, as like you said, it was something that came up because I'm very close with the commissioner for the development league for the men's conference. And he knows that I was part of Suncast and he liked what we were doing. And he knows that the message of Suncast at the end of the day is by the athletes for the athletes. So he wanted to give that exposure to the development league. And like you said, first episode is up. Um, it's an interview with the commissioner as well as a good buddy of mine, Darlex, who's been a part of the development league with me and thought it would be a good, good way of having somebody else on there. We're going to try and do it just like Suncast. Just how you laid the groundwork for it. It's just we're going to have a lot of interviews, coaches, players. We're going to talk about the season and top performers and teams that are doing very, very well. And it's just, like I said, something for the athletes to get that full college experience that maybe they weren't getting beforehand. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a great thing. Love uh, love that you've uh, taken the initiative to start that up. Um, but obviously – Major matchups, seeding wise, playoff wise, this weekend. Both like when you look at that bottom spot, um, and then as far as home seeding goes, Manny, what's the big matchups this weekend, and what else will you be looking for? Because I look at all four of these games, and they're they're great. If you if there were like a straight up kind of quarterfinal style, this is kind of what I would expect to see. Like, like these are matchups I'd want to see in a playoffs scenario. Obviously not in the first round with South St. Thomas Southeastern, but you look at these matchups, uh, I feel like you're looking at the best matchups possibly across the board. Honestly, each one of these could be a playoff matchup between these teams. Like we said, probably not in certain and uh, not until certain rounds. You know, Southeastern St. Thomas wouldn't play until the finals. Right now, Kaiser Coastal would have been a maybe a first round preview had the Warner had the Warner Royals not gotten that win over coastal each match like you said it's important um the only one that i think is heavily favored is the avi maria florida memorial one obviously i think avi is going to handle business there even though they're going to be on the road the uh, early bird game at 11 at 11 on saturday but after that each game is important kaiser do they need this win maybe not as much as the georgia uh mariners but they're not also in the clear with Ave Maria. Again, assuming they handle business, getting that win, improving to six and five. If the Mariners can somehow come in and, and avenge that loss to the Royals, drop the Seahawks to six and four. And now we're back in a situation where we were a few weeks ago where uh, Kaiser got someone breathing down their neck and they need to really execute down the stretch. We look at Weber and Warner. Weber's another team that could really still have a lot of room to move up into the standings, especially this back half of the schedule. I think they have a lot of favorable matchups, including this one against the Royals, even though it is on the road. It's not going to be too much of a difference. I know you always said that that drive is, is nothing more than a few, than a few yeah, bucks five minutes. is max. So I think it's going to be a good one. I think the, the 
Weber Warriors have really turned the corner here. You know, I, I know they're coming off of, of a tough loss to the fire, but at the same time, they were very game. The fire just on a roll right now. You, you So I lose to the podcast. You're not going to hold your head too much about that one. They're, they were the better team and you just leave it at that. But I think this one, I think the Warriors come out with the win. It's, it's tough to say that because the Royals just came off of an impressive sweep of their own right. But I think Weber gets back in the winning ways here, again, turning the corner like they have in the past few weeks. But easily the game of the week has to be Southeastern versus St. Thomas. I mean, the implications for this one from beginning to end is going to be something that I'm looking forward to. You've got matchups all over the place. You've got attackers matchups. You've got setter matchups. You've got a front line that I'm very, very curious how it works between the fire and Sanan Dennis and Taylor Barnes for the Bobcats. I'm very curious to see who can dominate that side of it because specifically the Bobcats, as of late, they've put a lot of emphasis on blocking, on being up on these attacks, and it's really helped. I mean, just last game, Sanan Dennis had a career-high nine blocks. So it's been very noticeable for me that they, whether they've done it consciously or just something that's naturally come about, the defense has been focal point. Meanwhile, for the fire, I think their offense has really come together the past few weeks, again, coming off that sweep. It's going to be a, a tit-for-tat kind of game. The last time these two teams did play, the Bobcats obviously won in four to the fire. And that game, it felt like the Bobcats' defense, the Bobcats' offense, excuse me, was just on a different level. And then the Bobcats were able to slow down the fire for the most part. 25-14 the first set, the fire do come back and win the second set, 25-23. And the last two, 25-21 and 25-22. I'm expecting another five sets, minimum four, but I'm expecting a five-set thriller. And I don't think the win margin is going to be more than five points. Like I really think the fire come into the Bobcats' den and put pressure on them. I will say last game against the Lions, the Bobcats, especially that first set, wasn't what I would hope. But they still were tested by the Lions on an energy standpoint. The Lions came in, and you would have thought they were the ones on the six-game winning streak. You would have thought they were in the ones that were the favorites because they came out aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. And that first set, you know, it went the distance. And almost the fire had – the Lions, excuse me, had a few nuts to maybe get a little bit of an upset there. Obviously, it didn't happen. But I like that because the Bobcats had to refocus, had to retool, and realize, okay, even though – we're all looking forward to that Saturday matchup. We have to focus on the here and now and take each each set, each rally, one possession at a time. And because if, if you overlook even one of those rallies, that's where these teams are really going to keep paying. I tell you what I really like from that St. Thomas Florida Memorial match. The second set for St. Thomas has kind of been like, all right, if you want to get them, get them here. Get them in the second set. We saw uh, Southeastern do it. We saw Weber do it. 25 to 8, most dominant thing they did. And it shows a big stepping point for them, big focal point, obviously. Hey, that second set, let's go ahead and step on some thirds. They certainly uh, did that, not only the second set, but the third set as well with their Miami Gardens rival. And I'm glad you said that because that's the second game in a row now where that's happened. You know, when the Warriors two weeks ago now beat them, that next set was their most dominant set of the day. So the response has also been something that the Bobcats tend to do very well. You know, they understand maybe we didn't play our best, whether we get the win or not in that set. That doesn't matter. Let's let it go. Let's refocus and let's start from the jump. A few players to know from this game, or from the last game, I should say, between these two teams. The leader for the Bobcats was Alexander Bruno with 15 kills. Meanwhile, for the fire, it was Miss Amelia Harding. If the Bobcats have, like they did last game, 
four players with double-digit kills, it's going to be a Bobcat victory no matter what. The Fire need to have minimum two, and I'm really pushing it to three players to have double-digit kills to where you can put the pressure on the Bobcats. Because, again, especially on this 13-game winning streak, the Bobcats' offense has just been very, very hard to stop. I'm looking for players from the fireside, Grace Petty, Tatiana Lyons, to really step up. They each had eight kills in their last game. I think they can get to those double-digit marks. And now we're looking at, okay, the top three for, for each of the respective sides, they did their thing. Who else is going to come in and, and really put that pressure on? For the Bobcats, I'm looking for Hopeland Gaskin. For the fire, Cambry Pope, to name to, it was one name I'm really looking forward to seeing in this matchup where we expect those top – three players when we're talking about offense to really continue to do their thing. The depth will be something that I'm looking for, because even though I mentioned hope, Alexander McCaskill is going to have a nice, nice night. I think as well, you have Sonat Dennis and Taylor Barnes who, while their main role could be defense, you could say they still put up a solid amount of kills on an average night. The depth is going to be the biggest storyline, I think from this one. And I think that gives the Bobcats the favorite in this five set that I expect to go. Yeah, and just real quick before we uh, wrap up and send you on to the weekend, I mean, the playoff implications for this, uh, you look look at the top, obviously, a Southeastern and St. Southeastern defeats St. Thomas. They are now tied with St. Thomas, both an overall record and uh, the, the the Sun Conference record. They'd both be 9-1 in the conference and 18-3 and three overall, so there'd be a dead tie there at the top of the conference. Uh, and if Kaiser uh, wins against Coastal Georgia, which uh, you know, we're, we're going to assume that, uh, they do. They're now a half game back from uh, from being right right there, or excuse me, one full game back uh, of being there uh, with uh, the being being the number one overall uh, seed. So you'd have a one game separating three teams. If Kaiser does lose though, and Ave Maria wins, they're now only a half game back from dropping down to four. Um, Weber. Weber, if they win this, you feel pretty confident saying they will be a conference team reaching that fourth win. Uh, Warner, uh, because they do have one more loss, they would just uh, they would move up. Um, and if you're Weber, if you and you do lose, or Warner, if you lose, you're obviously becoming very big Seahawks fans. As they take on Coastal Georgia, if Florida Memorial. It's obvious for them they got to go. They got to go and get get a win against Ave Maria, or it's pretty much uh, wrapped up for them with either Weber or Warner picking up that fourth win. Yeah, everything you said is just on point. I mean, the Bobcat. we pretty much have every team this weekend, whether it's the Bobcats who could pretty much clinch the number one seed with a win or the Lions who would be pretty much eliminated from playoff contention if they lose to Ave Maria. Every team has playoff implications this weekend one way or another. And at the same time, even if you handle business on your own right, you got to look over it and see, okay, well, what happened in this game? How is that going to affect us? And we move forward from there. So it's going to be a great Saturday. I think – it's definitely got that playoff feel. It's a, yeah. the, the playoff smell is in the air, so that's definitely fun to to see. And also for for the Bobcats, it's homecoming week, so that's gonna have an extra vibe to it to the game. So I think it's just gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm expecting a, a packed house, honestly, at the FFC. Yeah. Um. The right before uh we, we send y'all into the weekend. Uh. Obviously, we've already talked about is what we let led the show off with, but it's a little Bobcat pride. One obviously men's one step closer to being the number one team in the country. We know the two, but the women Bobcats take down the Scad Bees. Obviously, um, we, I talked about it, Manny. I'm at the point. I think we have four legit teams that are Red Banner contenders. I've I've been teetering on it all year. We obviously come the year with three, 
uh, that we expect to be uh, have a, have a chance to win the red banner. Way way southeastern and Scott have looked all year. Now the way Kaiser is playing, we are still very confident in those three. The first time I officially said it, there are four real red banner contenders, and the fourth one resides with your St. Thomas Bobcats. How impressive of a win against Scad for them? I that was on the Wednesday, right? So we had the, the Florida yeah. Memorial game, and the game finished, and I was driving home, and I checked in, and they told me that it was tied one one, and then when they said it was, we were up two one. Those last like four minutes were the longest four minutes of my life. I'm like, please just God hit those triple zeros and end this game. Then I went back and watched the highlights. The women's soccer games from what I've seen when I watch whether I'm on the broadcast or if I'm just watching as a fan, they have always struck me. And you can kind of see it from the beginning of the year when they beat Emory Riddle, that team that people were overlooking for the most part. Yeah. And they kind of embraced that. They said, okay, well, you're going to overlook us. We're going to go out to Kaiser at Kaiser and put up three, nothing. We're going to go to Tuscat after losing the first time here at home. We're going to put up two, one, the first goal in less than a minute. Like those are the type of things that I'm watching from this soccer team. And I'm like, are people picking them to go very far? Maybe not, but they are okay with that because they like to be the underdogs. They like to be able to say you didn't have us before the game. Now look, we didn't just put up one against Scott. We put up two against them. And we continue to have the pressure of there's plenty of players to go around, but I want to really give her flowers. Isabella Pandanano, I hope I'm saying her last name right. I've always struggled with it. Her goalkeeping has been otherworldly all yeah. year. And having that presence in the net really allows the rest of the, the 10 on the field to just be more aggressive, be more comfortable, especially with those shots. I mean, Natalie Woodward had herself a week, three goals in two games, a 25 yep. yard blast that I was like, Oh, good Lord almighty. So, it just from the back to all the way to the front, the confidence has been building. Coach Michelle and her staff have done an amazing job developing, bringing in transfers like Gabriela Camino, who has five goals on the season and, and continues to be a goal scoring threat, whether she's having a good day or not. It's just all working. Now it's a matter of execution. And like we always say, the conference is one game. All you got to do is play your best soccer in this case. Once the season hit, once the, the postseason comes and you let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, there's going to be four teams in the opening round. I'm, I'm, I feel very confident in sending them uh, wherever they're going to be. And not only we're up four teams, we're probably on four top two seeds in, in the Sun Conference. Uh, I, the way things are shaping up would not be surprised at all. Like I said earlier, I see four teams in the top 15. Um, there, I was pretty much no doubt in my mind we'll have four in the top 20. So, hey, let's push it, get four in the top 15. Manny, great talking with you as always. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode. Love you all. Appreciate you all. Have a great weekend.